on this episode of the AIE podcast. I see babies. AIE celebrates its eighth year of existence. Love is in the air. We have a question of the week. Stig and Ralph are here to talk about AIE's eight-year anniversary. All that and coming up now. Bringing you the latest news from the AIE gaming community from planet Earth and beyond. This is the AIE Podcast. Good evening and welcome to episode 225 of the podcast celebrating the Elia Acta Est gaming community. I'm Makala and a... Right over there in the Guild Kitchen is a beautiful anniversary cake. And next to me, I have Tetsimi. I've lost my spreadsheets. <laughs> Ooh, that's bad. This week, we are joined by our amazingly special guests, Stig and Ralph, who are, talked, who are here to talk to us about AIE's eighth anniversary. Welcome, guys, and thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's good to be here. Hello. By the way, that's two okay. people. It's, it's not Stig and Ralph. Stigunov. Actually, before you guys got here, we decided that you might actually be Statler and Waldorf from Muppets. Just to let you know. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, actually, welcome. I kind of like that. I like it, too. <laughs> I, okay. So, um, you know what? We're going to shake things up again. Ralph, what's been going on with you in-game or out-of-game? Either way. In-game. Out-of-game, you know, lots of work. Who cares? Um, That's no fun. In-game... My uh, my old raiding team from Burning Crusade is back together. We're running High Maw, and my old leveling buddy Winema is back in game and just got to 100 today. Cool. And we ran the first uh, Apexus Daily and did a garrison invasion. And I actually did pretty good just hanging out in my garrison, getting mm-hmm. my gear score up to like, I don't know, 645 or so without really doing much out in the world. That's, um, that's impressive. That's great. Yeah, I had a couple lucky drops, but now we're we're into the high mall. We're fighting Tectus. We kind of... Oh, I hate that fight. We only run like one night a week, so we haven't we haven't really kicked in yet, so we haven't got very far. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, we're, it's back, you know, it's the old gang. We all love each other. We're all very comfortable together, so that's a lot of fun. Well, that is awesome. So, Stig, I know you are pretty much one of the busiest men in the universe. What's been going on with you? Oh, um, well, yeah, obviously lots of work stuff. Uh, had to fly out to uh, Ohio this week um, and didn't have access to a gaming machine out there. So, uh, but um, what I've actually been doing, I, I've been logged into game quite a bit, but I haven't mm-hmm. actually been playing. I've been um, rewriting a lot of Greenwall Um I'm kind of doing what's called refactoring. So I've been ripping out all the guts and sticking them back in and hoping everything works. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny. So I had my six-year-old sitting on my uh, sitting on my lap the other day watching me logged in. And she's like, Daddy, you don't play very much, do you? Oh. <laughs> so, it's, it's bad when your six-year-old can even catch on to that. <laughs> exactly. She's like, go kill something. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, 
so but it's good it's you know i'm i'm actually uh probably later tonight i'm gonna get back in i've I've got almost my my second character up to uh up to a hundred it's the oh, impressive. Um, i'm leveling as a shadow priest and i want to do discipline i'd like to jump into some of the some of the dungeons before i hit a hundred but because i haven't played a a discipline priest in like four years mm-hmm. um i don't want to jump in and try to start healing again and relearn it in looking for raid or oh, looking, no, that's, looking for dungeon. I mean, that's definitely something that's best done in a safe and comfortable environment <laughs> within the guild. Yeah. So if I can find some people, maybe I'll put together, but um, awesome. yeah, I, I haven't been doing anything specific. I, I tried raiding for a little bit, but I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just takes practice and, it's one of those things where we are very fortunate, though, to be in an environment where you might not be the top and you're not going to get crap for it because yeah. we're family. That's at least what I find because I'm usually not anywhere near the top. <laughs> so, Ted, what's been going on with you in and out of game? Mostly work. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I seem to see a theme going on with the group. Yeah. No, we had we had a really awesome raid night on Thursday. We got four bosses down. Probably should have had five bosses down, uh, but Brackenspore was just giving us some RNG problems, and uh, we'll get them down tonight in a few hours. And Woo-hoo. we're gonna get our first looks at Korag, which makes the Tectus fight look like a picnic. So uh, I should probably look at that video. Probably a good idea. Thankfully, it's just, it's very similar to Tectus. The ranged group clumps up, picks a target, attacks it, moves on. You're good. Does it have that really great, you move left, 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 you move right, 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 you move left, 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 and then you die? Um, no. I, I really like that that mechanic. <laughs> no, this is, he's going to drop a big hammer right on you, so everyone needs to scatter and then regroup up, and it doesn't matter which direction you go as long as you're not there when the hammer comes down. Got it. Awesome. Well, thank you for the heads up, so to speak. <laughs> okay, so um, we're going to be digging into our big anniversary show in just a few, but this week, let's go ahead and just talk about a few of the items that have gone on in uh, this week's news. A.I.E. News. Huge congratulations to Alakaz and Leontine on the birth of their new level one human, Aria Rose. Daddy's a tank. Mommy's a hunter. Word has it sweet little Aria will be getting her account soon and learn to heal so they can LFG as a family. Shadow Priest was mentioned, but we'll see how that works out for them. And this will be the reason why I had nothing to report in what I've been doing this week in WoW, because Thursday's our raid night. I was hanging out at the hospital with the baby girl. <laughs> All right. So the huge news, in case you've been living under a rock, is it is our eighth anniversary. If you want to share your history with AIE, there's a Google Doc linked in the show notes and on the forums that are beautiful, uh, nevermore created. And we had two events this weekend to honor the momentous um, celebration of the anniversary, not the baby being born, just in case you were confused. Um, Nevermore held a meet and greet event to celebrate Valentine's Day and especially the love of AIE. It was a huge success, and evidently an impromptu uh, Warcraft Trilogy Pursuit game broke out. There's a myth and a rumor going around that this whole War- Warcraft Trilogy Pursuit game might become a common occurrence. 
and to share his love and masochism when it comes to sadism, masochism, love of pain, when it comes to PvP, Sparrow and crew ran an assault on Ashran with a might and fury and humor seldom seen in the field of battle. This event ran today from 2 to 6 server time, and it looks like from this feedback from Twitter that it was a huge event that was enjoyed by many. I bet it was. So... so, Ted, why don't you go into this, because we are celebrating our anniversary, why don't you give us kind of a brief history of AIE? All right. Well, in February 2007, Aliyah Ayakdast was formed by the creators and fans of several popular podcasts. Guy you may or may not have heard of, Scott Johnson, also known as GURP, the guy from The Instance and Extra Life Radio, along with Randy and Maui from The Instance, Veronica, also known as Winema, from Buzz Out Loud, and Mahalo Daily, Len Peralta from Jawbone Radio, and the crew from WoW Add-ons. AIE has gone through a few iterations. Initially, the name of the guild was IE Babies, but that was quickly changed due to it not being family-friendly. And Aliyah, I-Octa-S, Latin for the die has been cast, was chosen as the new name. Before the start of Cataclysm, we were the largest guild in North America, though due to guild caps placed by Blizzard, we had to break into smaller co-guilds. In fact, we're so large, we have 11 co-guilds, all bound together by Greenwall, created by our own robot and master planner, Stig. And with that recap, let's get to Ralph and Stig and talk about AIE in the past, the present, and of course, the future. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. All right, so Ralph and Stig, both of you guys have been with AIE for a long time, and you are huge factors in our amazing community. So, Stig, what brought you to AIE initially? Oh, um, well, I actually, I found out about, uh, I came to the Instance podcast and started listening to uh, Scott Johnson's stuff, um, actually, just a little a little while before AIE was founded, actually, before IE Babies was founded. Um, I had uh, been a listener of um, uh, my uh, uh, Tavern Cast. That was the one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard a mention of, uh, they, they'd mentioned in one of their episodes about the instance. So I Googled that and, uh, and found that and really, really liked it. Uh, so after they had formed I Eat Babies and that had run into the problem where uh, Blizzard had basically s- tried to. Um, tried to disband the guild, but it was kind of messy and it dragged on for a couple of days. They wow. started the new guild. And I've, I've told this story before, and I'm pretty sure I've told it on the podcast. But I'll mention it again. I, I joined AIE by accident. Because mm-hmm. um, Lorem, who I, I'm pretty sure it was Lorem had, uh, from Wow Add-ons podcast, had uh, got the, uh, the guild charter. And on the instance, they had announced that they didn't know what the name of the guild was going to be, but uh, look for these people online, and you'll be able to get into the guild once we know mm-hmm. what the name is. So I had them all in my, you know, in my watch list, and uh, I didn't have that one character, the one who had the guild charter, who was running around doing it. And mm-hmm. I'm in the starter troll area, um, or troll and orc area, and uh, somebody whispered me saying, "Hey, I started this guild, and I'm waiting for my friends to come online. Can you sign my charter?" And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm looking for somebody else who is starting a guild now. So I'll sign your charter. I'll quit later and I'll find whoever it is that I'm looking mm-hmm. for. Turns out I signed the right charter. Oh, wonderful. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was it was Lorem. So I logged in later 
later in the day and guild chat's going nuts. And I'm like, oh, which guild is this? Oh, this is the one for the instance. Oh, okay. I'm in the right place. <laughs> he did it on accident. It came yeah. to the right place on accident. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So you've been a member pretty much since day one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, or maybe I, day 1.5. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I, and awesome. actually, on, uh, also just a, a personal thing here, I think, Ted Semi, when you first joined the guild, I think I would, may have been one of the first people you actually grouped with in the guild. Very possibly, yeah. I think we ran, like, what, what's the, in Swamp of Sorrows, what's the instance there? Uh, the Lost Temple? Oh, Is it? Or? Yeah, the, the, yeah, the Sunken Temple. Sunken, yeah. Sunken Temple, thank you. And, um, yeah, because I remember your name from that, and I, I'm pretty sure that was you were new to the to the guild, and like we all passed on some uh, on basically all the gear, and you were like, "Hey, this is pretty cool I, I remember exactly. being really excited about that dungeon actually it was a lot of fun. it's like I just joined it, I'm almost geared yeah, it was fun <laughs> so Ralph, how did you come to a i e uh, also through the instance, um probably in the summer of two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. I, um, me and uh, one of my buddies that had played a few different uh, MMOs, and we were we were mucking around with City of Heroes at the time, which is very fun game, but not a lot of end game. So we were kind of getting burnt out on that. And we he talked me into playing World of Warcraft, and through that I listened to some podcasts and came over to Earth and Ring. We both made some characters. We made a, a tank and a healer, so we figured we'd mm-hmm. always be able to get into a group. Right. And, um, yeah, I just sort of hung out in, in the guild chat for a while and got to know people and started grouping with people. And then, boom, here we are. That's how it works. Just a few years later. Yeah, exactly. I did, I did want to tell you, the, um, I didn't mm-hmm. realize this because I started wow, I didn't really start it right at the very beginning, but pretty close. I got the, uh, the statue, the 10-year statue in the, <gasps> the other day. Ooh, oh, very nice. Congrats. That's awesome. Uh, even though I didn't play a lot during Pandaria and uh, and recently, but uh, I kept my subscription up just so I could come in and do officery type things. And so that paid off, I guess. Oh, that's great. Congratulations. Yeah, I actually, in the throwback to uh, spreadsheets, I actually took my account information because I was trying to figure out why I didn't get one. I'm like, I don't see a gap in here. And I finally had to plug it into a spreadsheet and then tell it, okay, subtract all the dates. And I'm looking for gaps. And finally I found one where I'd been unsubscribed for a little under a year where I'd taken a break and, and hadn't kept my subscription active. So I was like, ah, okay. So That's what, funny because I actually, I, I um, had a gap of about four years when I didn't play and I still had the account. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I kept I kept Greenwall up to date. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Well, you had to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think for most of Pandaria, because if I remember correctly, you didn't play much during Cataclysm or I didn't, Pandaria. I didn't play any Cataclysm. I actually, I um, I had kind of lost uh, lost a lot of interest in the, the BlizzCon um, around the time of the BlizzCon right before Cataclysm. And right. after that, I started, you know, we, we had the Eve Corp going, so I threw more of my time into that. And uh, there was Guild Wars 2. Uh, I think we were also trying to get Mech Warrior 2 started. 
uh, or sorry, MechWarrior Online, not MechWarrior Right. right. But um, uh, so yeah, but but I kept the account because I was still maintaining Greenwall, and and I'm like, yeah, it's you know, it's always good to have that there. And then like I bought Cataclysm when it went on sale for ten dollars, and I did the same with uh, with Pandaria. But then when Drainar, uh, uh, when Warlords of Drainar came out, I'm like, you know, I want to, uh, I'm interested. I'm gonna try it out, uh, you know, when it comes out, and uh, I'm glad I did. I like it. Definitely. Right. What did you, speaking of that, what did you use your boost to 90 on? Which tune did you do? Um, I used it on my main, on Stig, and I, I actually I actually bought another one and used it for my priest, which I'm getting up uh, to 100 now. Um, and then I started uh, a monk, which I'm leveling from one, and I'm going to try that all the way, all the way through. Very cool. Yeah, once you once you hit twenty on the monk and you get that um, daily quest to go to the peak of serenity and do that, you get that hour um, experience buff, and that stacks. So if you just run that every day, you yeah, I think at one point I had it stacked where I had like three days worth of that experience buff plus heirloom. So leveling the monk was a piece of cake. Sweet. Yeah, I remember watching Kefis level his monk, and it seemed like he'd do 20 levels a day easily. Right, yeah, because he did the same thing. Yeah, but that's Kefis, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The world's most amazing blind tank. Yeah, he's on our raid team, and the things he can make the characters do with an Xbox controller is just ridiculous. So, Ted, I, I mean, I know the answer to this, but what brought you to AIE? Well, I had started out in EverQuest, and that was my MMO, and mm-hmm. <laughs> EverCrack. And we took a break, but I started listening to uh, the podcast, because I had been in Warcraft in vanilla, and played right up, I think I left at level 57 no 47 maybe um and i left before burning crusade came out and then i started listening to the instance and i was like this sounds like an interesting guild well they're always looking for tanks i'll make an orc warrior and i'll make him a tank and i'll level him and so i got him the month before wrath came out uh the isle of Coldonis had come out and I'd got him to whatever the level cap was, and I just sat on the Isle of Caldanus and ran the dailies, trying to get that five thousand gold for your epic flying mount. Jeez. And uh, it was it was fun because everyone was in the dailies, and you had occasional PvP if you misclicked on people, and it, it was fun. And I could run dungeons and stuff. And so that's that's kind of what the instances brought me to. Uh, to AIE, and I've been tanking in AIE ever since. Awesome. So what about you? What brought you to AIE? Well, that answer would be you, my dear. Um, So spring of 2009, um, we had actually been playing the game Toontown as a family with our, at that time, I don't know, how old was she? Seven-year-old daughter, six, seven-year-old daughter. Um, and it was, just, it had kind of lost interest, but she was still playing it and she was always on my computer. 
And around that same time, or actually in the beginning of 2009, my two closest female friends had started playing WoW. Actually, also a lot of my friends, but like my two, like my best friends who I would hang out with on Saturday nights. So one Saturday night, they both had their laptops over. Tet, and they were actually gaming with Tet and on their laptops, all playing together. And I'm like, I need to start playing this game or I'm not going to be able to do anything with anybody. The next day, I, and I, you know, I was kind of familiar because Tet would listen to the instance kind of obsessively in the car, I think, in hopes that I would start playing, perhaps. Um, yeah, just, just nod your head, dear. Um, so the next day, I'm at Target. I'm like, it was close to our daughter's birthday. And I'm like, so, here's an idea. Maybe we can get her her Mac so she can play her games on her own. I can have my computer back. And maybe we can, maybe I'll get a WoW account. What do you think? By the time I got home, the computer was ordered and the game was on my machine. Um, that next Saturday night, hanging out with the girls, we started. I started a character. She was a human rogue. I apologize. A week okay, we, we later. Like her. Oh yeah, yeah. A week later, where I'm sitting at a restaurant with Tet and two said best friends, and he's like. So, you know, I'm in this guild. It's AIE. Um, so, so, you know, you've probably heard them mention on the instance. You need to get in because they're going to cut off guild invites for two months and you really need to get in. Knowing that if I didn't have something social, because I'm, I'm a pen and paper girl. I enjoy sitting around, BSing with friends, going off topic. Um, he knew that I would lose interest really quick in the game. So in May 2009, I joined AIE and I kind of still stick around, you know, do a po- help do the podcast, you know, stuff, stuff like that. So that's how my sorry backside got dragged into AIE. Thank you, Tetsimi. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and she still has the human rogue, but we... Quickly... Do I? Yeah, I think you do over on Silverhand. Oh, cool. Okay. I, I think the issue was we quickly found out that she... I hate rogues. <laughs> I mean, no, it's not you hate rogues. You hate melee classes. Yeah. So, I I like the classes that get the really pretty robes, and I like not getting hit. And she also likes classes, so naturally she fell into the a warlock. warlock. <laughs> and, you know, I've been a clothy since 2000, or sorry, really, um, 1987 when I rolled my first mage in D&D, so... Well, you're a clothy in real life too. So. I we all know my love of pretty dresses. It's pretty pretty well known. Yeah, it's funny. Um, the, the only time that um, that my wife has played, uh, uh, well, she set up a, a trial account and ran with us for the first running of the beef. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So she she started that, and it was funny because um, you know she did that, and she kept dying, and Bobo Shanti was there healing her the whole time. Bobo. Yeah, and. Um, so at the end of it, everybody jumped into the fire, and we had a great time. And she looked at the clock, and she's like, oh, now I realize why you get so sucked into this. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that was 20 minutes, and it was like two hours. Two hours. Oh, I remember Tet's first um, raid group was um, was a DWP Team Beautiful. Yeah. And they ran, like... Midnight to two, our time. 
Yeah, I didn't. Now, now that I've read, I understand. But I just, why would you run something in the middle of the darn night and then have to work in the morning? And now it's every Thursday and Sunday. You understand. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> All right. Well, Ralph and Stig, due to the sheer, sheer number that of members we have in AIE, we tend to um, be forced to create our own solutions to problems that Blizzard doesn't anticipate. In fact, there are times we've had our own trending topic on Twitter, AIE problems. Um, can you guys provide some insight on how we go about creating new tools for AIE? Um, I know, Stig, you've had to come up with Greenwall for communications. We've had to come up with Umami for applications. What sort of process or, or design do you guys go through to help come overcome some of these problems we've run into as a gaming community? Um, well, actually, what's interesting is we, we find ourselves, um, I, I forget who said it, um, but we were we were getting into some discussion in the forums where, you know, we were trying to figure out how to how to do something and people were coming up with all these really technical solutions to, to a particular problem. And um, I think actually, Ralph, I think it was you. And, and you said, yeah, you know, we're all problem solvers by nature. And sometimes up with these solutions when really we're, we really don't understand exactly what the problem is. Maybe mm -hmm. we try and apply a technical solution to a human problem. Right. Um, yeah, we, we have a lot of that. And I and by the way, that comes from my work experience as well. That's <laughs> oh sure. We and it's, oh. so it's not just us; it's it's humans. Yeah. But we, we do have you know we have a lot of incredibly you know especially you guys we have a lot of really smart people in our group. So that's understandable. Yeah. Well, um, and actually, I mean, even Greenwall. I mean, we can't we can't take full credit for that. That was something where um, when Blizzard first announced that. Uh, that they were going to be putting the guild cap in. At first, uh -huh. I think it was 800. It was either 700 500. or 800. It was 500 originally. Because yeah. I remember the t-shirts at um, well, BlizzCon the, that year, you know, member number 500. Well, the, actually, that joke predates the cap. That, oh, does it that really? Was, oh, wow. Yeah, that was because before the cap, um, we could invite people to the guild, but we could only see the first 500 people in the oh, guild. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so what would happen is everybody would join and they'd pull up the roster and they'd see, oh, 500 members. Oh, I'm member number 500. Well, oh, no, gosh. 3,600, but you only see the first 500. Right. Um, everybody wow. saw like a slightly different uh, listing. But yeah, that's where that came from. Then they came out, and I think they said originally it was like 750 or 700 members. Okay. And then they raised yeah. it up during during the uh, the beta testing um, to 1,000. And you know, at first we were like, uh, "What do we do? Do we stop inviting people?" Because we knew that we could keep the guild, we we could keep everybody in the guild that we already had. But we right. knew that they put that cap in place because there was going to be a performance issue like right, you were right. going to get you know you'd try and log in and you'd get kicked out before it could load the entire guild listing or something like that and we didn't want to run into those problems no. so we didn't know if we wanted to put caps on it or split up the guilds but we didn't want to split up the guilds because we didn't know um you know 
we didn't want islands of people out there because we knew that mm -hmm. if we had separate guilds, they'd all end up being separate guilds, and there would so be I think that, that part right there, Stig, goes a little bit to the question that Tets is, is asking, which is, yeah. we sat down and we said, what makes our guild a guild? Yeah. What makes us AIE? What brings us together? Uh, and it was it's that big uh, guild chat, which people had kind of colloquially called the big wall of green or the green wall. And then when we said, if we can make that work again, then really if people don't care. It doesn't matter what the actual tag above your head says. If you can still talk with all your friends, that's the thing. So that became sort of a top priority for us. As soon as we heard about the. Yeah, we that was our, the, that the was our goal. Up. Yeah. We didn't yeah, care right, about the rest. Think... We didn't care how big an individual guilds were. We just wanted that. That Greenwall, no matter what we do, we all want to be able to talk to each other. Right. Yeah, because I think at that time they they also had not brought in achievements yet. If I'm not mistaken, they right. added achievements afterwards. So we weren't having to tackle it from, well, great, we want everyone in this particular co-guild because right. they've got this achievement, which gets them this pet, which right. we yeah, that was expansion. Right. Apparently yeah. – uh, the guild achievements was part of the reason that they wanted to do the guild cap because right. somehow their their technical solution for that didn't scale to really big guilds. Yeah, and that, and that was at the time when they announced the guild cap. They said we're doing this because we are going to introduce stuff, but we had no idea what it was going to be mm -hmm. at that point. Um, but and I think you know, the timeline on that whole thing, like from when we kind of heard the what the cap was going to be, it was about a month before oh, wasn't it like october to november basically yeah it somewhere right. we had about a, about a month about a month and a half i think we had it we had um a couple of weeks because it would they announced it right before blizzcon mm -hmm. and we all went out to blizzcon and oh gosh <laughs> and i remember i was on the elevator with uh with gafoni who oh was, really you're a on that yeah. drunken, because we, we were with Gafoni and Arezzo about five minutes before the elevator event happened. Yes. So, and he was drunk, and we ran into oh whoever the CM was that had announced that change. And it was, um, shall it we was say, Bashiak. Yes, Bashiak, which was great I because know that I name. Actually, because, um, you know, right, it, I remember that. And then as I was running through Gorgorond and I climbed up this mountain, and I'm like, hey, there's Bashiak. I'm going to go kill him. <laughs> right? That's amazing. And if if you're running this, it's really in fun. <laughs> oh yeah. But but uh, it was uh, but so so what I want to say is yeah, like like Ralph said, we knew what we wanted to get to, and it wasn't you know it, it's not how do we make ourselves be a big deal. It's like we like our community. We want to keep our community together, and what makes our community a community is that we all talk to each other. So we're like, okay, can we keep, can we keep the guild chat? And so we got together with people from the spreading team and from uh, the, I forget what the, the goons um, guild in, in wow. Yeah. Um, because yeah, they, were large, squad, they were large, they were large groups. Else. Yep. And uh, so one of the guys from, from the goons had, um, had started a, something similar to, to Greenwall. And I ended up, like looking at his code and finding little hints, stuff that wasn't documented, and uh, and that actually helped a lot. But now that go that um, that particular add-on doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. so, so I've got some uh, visitors here. I, I see that, that. Yeah. 
Hello, ladies. I just remember how very elegant it was, um, what you did come up with, though. Because um, I remember that you know, once you had that running, kind of a scary night because you said, okay, I have this running. You just need to quit guild chat and then type in slash AIE FERT and it'll auto-invite you to a one of the guilds. And I was actually the first one that did it. And I was terrified. I'm like, what if it doesn't work? I'm actually typing in slash, you know, G quit. And this is a really hard thing to type. Yeah. And what and happens I, if I don't get back in? Right. And it, was, it wasn't like it, you know, it was a lot of fairly prominent members that you had asked to help test it. You know, it was names that you're going to freak out when you see people like, you know, Cowboy and Ice Flow and people like that just randomly leave the guild. And of course, yeah. Jojo. Jojo. And uh, you know, people whose names people knew. Well, and I think Shojo did a whole. Uh, I think she oh, did, yeah. didn't she do the mock? I'm done with AI. Bye. Did the G quit and then she came back. It was it was funny. Yeah. It was a it was a, a very elegant solution though. Well, that was the. There were two things that we did at the time of the. Uh, I still call it cataclysm, even though it was kind of our it, own. It was a cataclysm. AI. Yeah, it was the reckoning. The um one was Greenwall, so that once we got into all the new guilds we'd still be able to talk to each other. And the other was this, this other add on that was only used for about that month or two that, uh, that was the one that I did called. Um, and it was only run by all the officers. And so the officer would just get on and run that, uh, add on and that would listen to that channel. And if somebody came in that channel and they said the magic word mm-hmm. and their Bert. name and their name was on the list, then it would go and put them in the proper guild. And we had uh, this. This goes to sort of one of the other things about solutions. We had a lot of raid teams that were very concerned about their whole team being in the same co guild, so that they would be able to work on achievements together mm-hmm. for right. their yeah. guild. So we had gone through and got everybody and all their raids to submit their name to a list, and we we ranked them by progression. So we try and spread them out because we didn't want to get this big thing of. One of our co-guilds is way, way ahead of all the other guilds and all the achievements. And so uh, you'll love this, Tetsumi. It was a huge spreadsheet. And, uh, of course it was. With a list of all the raid teams and all their members. And then um, and then we did some early testing of it. was called AIE Inviter. was oh, a little wow. add-on that would do this. So we would get a, a few people just to sometimes alts. And the thing I was most worried about was what happens when 500 people hit this all at once? Yeah, because Blizzard naturally has a choke on the chat, even a custom chat channel for right. what what you can do. So it's like, oh, God, this is very, you know, ti- uh, it, it's all timing. Yeah, all the but latency. Didn't that, didn't that spreadsheet come from Stig, the database you had pre-Umami? Yeah. Which, which was a- you had that huge unwieldy um, uh, you yeah, know, I, and I say unwieldy in the dearest of terms because it <laughs> for anyone that's not an AIE officer in WoW there's a whole process that they had to go through before where Stig would have to basically dump the armory match it against the database and then post a list of oh okay gosh. here's the mm-hmm. here's the tunes that can get promoted for this month and he would have to do that every month whereas now with Umami oh, and the way that everything's run, it's a lot easier to cross match everything. 
Yeah. And, you know, and um, I mean, it's still not perfect. I mean, I'm actually in the process now of rewriting a lot of Umami just because, um, you know, it, it was a project where, you know, that was the first big project in that particular language, that particular platform that I'd done. And I went back, you know, after the fact, and I'm like, wow, I put a lot of stuff in there that we really didn't need because mm -hmm. when we, when the we, way it always we, is, though. Yeah, well, and it wasn't it wasn't as bad as the second project, you know, the dreaded second project, which is um, the you know the first project comes out and it's slapdash. You 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 just made stuff work. The second project, you're like, I'm gonna do this right, and you throw everything in it, and it's the kitchen sink, unwieldy, you know, just absolutely bloated piece of crap. Um, so no, we didn't have that actually. That the the first database was literally it was just like some basic cgi scripts in front of mysql it was terrible <laughs> it was absolutely terrible um yeah. and then we we came out with umami and we still did a lot of stuff manually with that um hopefully we're going to be able to to do a lot more of that in an automated fashion and one of the things i want to do is kind of use we chose this platform called django for uh, uh for umami and actually it's matured a lot since we started using it, and I want to try and use it to add a lot more services through Umami. Like, why can't we do something like, you know, Match.com, but for Raiders, which is, oh, wow. hey, I've got a tune in Umami. It already knows what my spec is. It already knows what my gear looks like, what my eye level looks like. I just want to mark what times I'm available to raid and somebody can go in there and create a, an entry for, Hey, I need a raid team. I got to populate it with people who are available at these times. Sounds like a pretty yeah. fun programming project. That's great. Exactly. By the way, in, oh, my, wow. uh, in my role as namer of things, I'm going to propose mm -hmm. a name for this service, this new service. Mm -hmm. It's going to be uh, AIE harmony. <laughs> oh, and this is why Ralph you makes the big bucks. That. oh. that's, better, that's better than Umami. <laughs> no, I love it. And yes, Ralph did pick did Umami. Pick what, what other names did you came up with? All of them? Uh, he's picked all of Greenwall. them. He, he picked Green. the uh, Greenwall. He did the, um, oh, what's the name of the program that we go through when we want to bring a, gil, a game into? GURP. Oh, GURP. GURP? The GURP, the GURP right. process. Yeah, and for anyone that doesn't know, um, Stig, it was funny because Stig, you made a post in the in the forums that said, "Okay, so I'm looking at the new version of Django, and I've got all these bugs that I'm going to you know rewrite the code on." And then you looked at the release notes and went, "Oh, good, the author solved all these. I don't have to add them in." So Stig was willing to take on the code base since it's open source and fix all the problems that he found with it, and then put the program on top of it. Insane. And I actually I did that um, to some extent with with the Mumble server. Um, there, with the um, with the integration that we have with Umami for it, we, we use LDAP on the on the back end so that people so that we've got some kind of a single sign on. And there were problems. The the um, the LDAP integration that was available for Mumble didn't support the kind of setup that we did. So I added the code that would allow it to do that and then provided that as a patch to the guys who maintain the mumble scripts very nice and they integrated awesome. yeah awesome. And that's awesome i mean that's the that's the kind of dedication and the the skill level we've we've got which 
you know, really helps with overcoming a lot of these issues. I had one thing on going back to the, the FERT, the AIE FERT channel. Mm-hmm. Yes. This to me is the most hilarious thing about this is because we had a channel for it. I, I'm going to say after a month or two, basically everybody who needed that had used it. Mm-hmm. But that channel, you know, like if you, if you join a channel, it creates it if it doesn't exist. So I was still watching that channel and running that add-on for, you know, maybe four or five, six months later, just in case anybody, you know, hadn't got right. in yet. And I would still see people, like, I, you know, how you auto-join a channel. Even like a year later, I would join that channel and there would be people in it. Oh, wow. And, and every once in a while, just someone would say, Furt. And <laughs> I don't know if it, it was, and it wasn't people who were in the list, right? I think people had right. read on the server that... If you go to this channel and say for it, you'll get invited, and which which wouldn't happen. But it just I was just amazed how long that thing kept going, like like chickens pecking at a – just trying to get some sort of Skinner response. Oh, I'll tell you this. Um, our raid team, which is which is FERT, and the only reason we did FERT was, one, because of Scott. It's, you know, he, he loves that acronym. But it was Flexi Encounters Raid Team, so it came out to FERT. You know, we used the Ralph naming convention. Yeah, no, no, we pulled a Ralph, though. We found the name we wanted and then tried to figure out, okay, what, what can we put that in here that's going to make I sense? All right. All right, Ralph. <laughs> But but the funny thing is, we said, okay, well, we need a, a custom chat channel, so we'll just use AIE FERT, realizing that in the very back of my mind, that channel was still there. And, and it's funny because when we first started using it, there were still people in that channel. Yeah. Like, we weren't moderators of that channel. And this is, what, four years later? Yeah. Yeah. I, there's crazy. some weird psychology project that could be done about this i don't know what it what it means well and what's what's weird to me is that means that there are people who didn't run out of channels for other purposes yeah exactly right you know, you've got 10 channels to deal with and i tend to fill them up pretty pretty quickly oh, yeah. because i've got everything going on which was actually one of the things that we that was a design uh goal with greenwell was to use as few channels as possible to make it mm-hmm. work And I know one of the things you talked about, Stig, was making it extensible for add-on users down the road so that they could piggyback onto the main chat channel with a custom message that would go to people that use that add-on across the guilds. Because right now, if you want to do that, you have to spawn a custom chat channel. So if you run something like an old Carbonite or even Gatherer, it creates a, a custom chat channel and then that's the way it communicates to everyone that's using it regardless of what guild they're in. Yeah, I've got that I've got that open as an issue um uh, right now but I don't know how easy that's going to be to do because um the the just a divergent to the technical side here. There's no there's no way to insert um to, to basically mock up uh what the add-on sees the same way you can do with guild chat. There's actually, there's right. a, there's a function that, that Blizzard provides that allows you to put whatever you want into that chat channel frame and to show the user, whatever they want to see. There's nothing that does that for the add-on itself. Mm-hmm. So it's not as easy to do with the no, add-ons as it is with humans. Yeah, humans are so easy to work with. 
right? Not really. Sting, right, so, don't use the robot mm-hmm. voice. Because <laughs> we all know you have the robot voice. Um, so the great thing with AIE is we're active, not just in-game, but we're also at, out of game. It's a huge part of our culture. So, Stig, do you remember like what your first real-life AIE event was? Um, well, we, we actually, what's interesting is that in the New York metro area, I mean, every so often people get together in New York City, but there's really not as much out here. I think, like, I think they're all in, they're all in LA or Arizona. <laughs> right, right. We or collect them actually. For, for some reason, we've got a lot of people from Tennessee, Georgia, like that Kentucky Michigan. area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, the first time that I got together with people from uh, from AIE, it was hanging out with Lanktheris and. Uh, uh, Tashi. Oh, yes, it was Tashiko. Yeah. Um, and that was that was a lot of fun. Um, actually, out of all the people that I've that I've seen from AIE in person, Langtheris is probably that I've seen him very often. You know, my wife uh, has met him on a couple of occasions, and um, it, it's good. You know, um, he looks a lot like uh, like Claude Aikens. Right, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, like a young, you know, virile Claude Aikens. But <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, and actually, I'm looking forward to it. Um, the last couple of years, I hadn't been uh, I hadn't been able to attend uh, Nerdtacular because it mm-hmm. fell on uh, the Fourth of July weekend. Right. But now, because we've got an extra weekend between Fourth of July and Nerdtacular, I'm going to be out in Utah this year. Oh, that's awesome! Yay! We'll see you there. We'll see. Definitely. Um. So, would you call that first meetup there your most memorable, or is there is there one that really stands out in your mind? Well, I think the most memorable memorable. Um, could be any of the BlizzCons that I've been to, uh, just because. I mean, that's where I first met you guys in person. <laughs> you know, was that uh, was that at one of the BlizzCons? Um, yeah. And just having that many people the first the first year we did the Guild Hall that was that was really cool. Yeah, that, that's always an amazing. Just having that that place of these are all the people I game with, and they're all in one location. You know, and and it's not like you're having to meet at a restaurant where you can't talk. But that that guild hall has always been fun, and it's cool because there are um, there. I always say that there's two types of people that that you know. There are the people where, you know, if you don't really hang out with them on a very regular basis, maybe you lose touch with them for a month or so. Um, you can't, you know, picking up with them is it's always kind of awkward. It, you know, the the distance is really apparent. There are other ones where you might not see them for three months, four months, five months. And when you run into them on the street, it's like you saw them yesterday. And mm-hmm. everybody right, yeah. that I've met from AIE, is, they always seem like that. Now, maybe it's because we really do talk to them every night on, you know, right. <laughs> on Vent or on Mumble now. Um, but still, there's there's this rapport that it doesn't matter. Even if it's somebody that you, that you don't talk to in Mumble, mm-hmm. um, the first time you run into them at, at BlizzCon or something, oh, you're from AIE, boom, instant rapport. Yeah, right. it, it, it's yeah, like, exactly. oh yeah, I was hanging out with this person last week. Most definitely. So Ralph, what about you? What was your first AIE? AIE, I can't talk. Words are hard. AIE event. Um, I think it had to be DragonCon. Um, can't remember what year. 2011, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, I think that's it. I had, um, wasn't sure I was going to be able to go, but at the, I, I was able to go and headed down there. And the only person I told that I was going was Xanar. Mm-hmm. But uh, I arranged to go into the one of the panel events the morning that I got there and saw um, Kim Price. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to use their real name instead of their two names so people know who they are. Um, right. Uh, Neola, a.k.a. Nicole. Mm-hmm. Um, the Spags. Steph, Stephanie, uh, Gypsy Girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, doing the panel was uh, uh, Tom Merritt and Veronica Belmont were on the panel. Oh, wow. And, I hadn't and Winema. Met, yes, Winema. And so I hadn't met any of these people uh, physically before, so I met them all, boom, at once, right there. And then, of course, had the whole Dragon Con to hang out and saw a bunch of other AIE folks, too. So I guess uh, that was that Dragon Con was mine. Awesome. Um, and what would you say was your most memorable AIE event? I don't know. I mean, Nerdtacular. There's so many. It's, yeah, it's kind of one of those things like uh, if I said to you and Tets, like, what's your most memorable event in your marriage? Right, right. Uh, well, yeah, it's just, part of being a family, yeah. Right. Uh, yesterday uh, was probably the most memorable because it happened yesterday. Right. Uh, to me. Well, but um, uh, And here's the other thing. Is the, are the most memorable events always the ones out of game or, or what about the in-game ones? Because oh my gosh, I think yeah. there are some in-game events which I will never forget. It just burning them. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, they both leave an impact that yep. is amazing. And hi guys. Hey, hey, what's who's that voice? I know, I know, I'm late, I'm late, but um blame illness. Okay. <laughs> so you're back to that. You you right. So there are some really amazingly in memorable in-game events. So so what like what the one like the top most that comes to mind? My favorite was most definitely the time that, as a guild, we went to the um, to the Iron Forge Airport, um, the airport oh, yeah. that's up on top of Iron Forge, yeah. and um, you know, I, I, actually, I don't even know if you can reach that now that you can fly. Um, yeah, yeah, you can actually. Okay. It's still there. They left it, but it, it used to be such a bigger achievement getting there. So oh, it was fantastic because, like, we we took like this really circuitous route and we were able to to jump enough times this way and that way, and we finally made it up there. We got everybody up there. And we were running around, and we were all low-level characters. So the guards were slaughtering us left and right, but we were rezzing people and bringing them back. And that was before they actually threatened um, banning you if you if you made it up there. Really? Um, oh wow! But that was that. It was a it was a great event. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I'll never forget how cool it was because it's like not only are you doing something that by itself would be really cool, but you're doing it with a hundred of your closest friends. <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I did a similar thing once, and I had an Iron Forge memory very similar, where um, you know, we all went charging in, Lank and just two other people and me, charging in to get that that let's shoot him with a BB gun thing. And everybody in Iron Forge didn't really attack us; they just stopped to stare at the audacity of four people running into up to their king and going. Aah! Yeah, I remember uh, there was a fishing achievement you could get that where you had to fish. Something out of uh, a pool inside of Iron Forge. Yeah, uh, was mm-hmm. it Old Crafty? Yeah, it, no, Old yeah. Crafty is the one in Ogremar. Yeah. It's the other one. He's there, and yeah, yeah, you still have to get him. It's still an achievement. Yeah. So I would, I, I would, I would just get in there. Like 
I would sneak in there back into that pool, man, you know, maybe get killed a couple times, but get way back to the back edge of it. And you can lay down, you know, and sleep and still fish. So mm-hmm. I, my body is actually underwater and my, my fishing pole lets me breathe underwater. Mm-hmm. So I would be underwater fishing for this thing. And all of a sudden Maui shows up and it's me and him. Oh, in there, right? <laughs> and we're both trying to fish for this fish in the middle of, you know, all these Alliance scum that, uh, you know, every once in a while, some Alliance will be like walking by and go, what? And then they come over to us and bring all the guards. And then we have to start all over. And I don't, I don't know if it's, um, if I haven't done a lot of the, the, the runs, you know, going to, uh, to, uh, sack the, the cities, but you know, the, the few that I've done with, uh, with AIE, um, one of the best ones that we ever did was when we when we went into Iron Forge, we actually found one little disused room, and somebody was able to to sneak in there um, without being detected, and we got a we got a warlock in there who was able to portal right. people in, and yeah. we had our entire party, our entire attack party in there, and we just lucked out because nobody walked close enough the building to detect us, so we were there for like. 15, 20 minutes before we actually launched the assault. And this became you know, our standard strategy for a while. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. After that, yeah. You, you do that in like the Stormwind basement of the cathedral and that sort of thing? Yeah, Here's the thing that kills you. People that have the uh, auto-emote stuff where they, they start uh, saying things out loud when things happen, like when they mm-hmm. right. like when they click on the summon thing. I summon you from whatever. And all of a sudden, some alliance person sees that. You know, they see that gibberish that they right. can't read. And they're like... Mm-hmm. Something's not right. I, I know one of my one of my most memorable in game has to be um, when we do Remembrance Day. Um, just that that gathering. I, I'm so glad when the Cataclysm happened. I was really worried that we were going to lose that hill outside Orgmar yeah. near the crossroads, the shrine. Yeah, just getting everyone there in that march from there into Orgmar is just. It still gives me chills. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, like like the real life stuff. My first one was we had a picnic and in Canto Park in Phoenix. It was actually one of the first meetups. The first meetup I went to, and between members and family, I would say we probably had like forty people there. Yeah. I remember because you know I didn't really know anybody yeah. besides like you and Vikella and her sister who was in the guild at that time, and she's kind of stopped by. Because our friend's sister, you know, she's a lawyer. She was just kind of really casual. In fact, she kind of mocked us for, you know, she even mocked herself. Like, what is some pimply-faced kid going to sit there and look at my guild application and say yes or no? And, you know, it was kind of weird and awkward. Um, But, and then, like, my first big event was probably that BlizzCon where we started the guild hall. Yeah. And that kind of actually... Was one of my most memorable real ones too, because that was the putting names to faces, um, being told by someone named Stig, "Oh my gosh, I thought Macaulay was a guy." Um, <laughs> at, at, at breakfast that morning. <laughs> well, what's the name of that uh, of that restaurant? The um, I can't remember it. Um, oh, the, I know, little, yeah, that little place over there. Not was it Baker Square. No, it's um nah, no. No, it's a, it's a little plate that little Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Tiffany's. 
Tiffy's. Tiffany's. That's it. Tiffany's. Yeah. 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 I was accused of being a man. That was good. <laughs> Bye, Stig. Um, and just that, that whole thing of where you're putting, and you're right. There are so many like really great events. It's hard to just nail down one, um, real life or not real life. Um, but yeah, the, the, the names, the faces, and honestly, guys, I was kind of starstruck sitting at the breakfast table with like you guys and Link and um, two thirds of the ladies of Leet. And <laughs> <laughs> really, I was like, yeah, this is the guild, and they're so cool. Yeah. Um, what, okay, what about you? You've been in AIA for quite a while. Um, do you remember your first like real, real life event? Yes, yes, I do. It was actually the. Um... Let me see. Uh, I'm not sure if we did meetups before the BlizzCon thing, but I know it spurred a lot more after, and I even organized, like, a dozen of them before I got really sick. Mm-hmm. And it was just so... It, it's such a great experience bringing people together. Like, um, one of the last ones I went to, somebody brought a bunch of swag because they happened to work at the gaming in the gaming industries. And yeah. this one guy had driven all the way from Sacramento and gotten stuck in traffic oh, just wow. to hang out with us. And for people who don't know, Sacramento and coming down to like LA—that's that's quite the that's, that's a quite, bit of a haul. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he was shy about asking for a <gasps> clock. Like, oh my god! He didn't want to ask for this clock, which was one of his favorite things. Happened to be in clock form, and we're like, here, clunk. You drove oh, God, forever. Yeah. You you can totally have anything you want. Uh, don't be shy about the clock. So we all stayed. Next We're not to, a, yeah. Yeah, we all stayed extra with this guy. And then, because nobody wants to say goodbye, we leave the restaurant. We go across the street to like this board gaming place, which is massive and awesome and everything. And everybody always is there, and they they kind of frowned at us because we we tend to congregate in groups while we're talking and browsing, and I guess, and we're loud. Yeah, a little bit. But no, they they they're more upset because you know, I guess people steal that way. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, distraction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, then I'd go and I'd ask them stuff about certain board games and certain games, and then they'd get all tongue tied. Like the because right, you're a girl and you're asking about games. I know, and I was like, I thought we were over this. I thought you know, no, like gaming in general. No, apparently not. Okay, that's fine. And then we'd go to Starbucks for another three hours after that because nobody wanted to, nobody wants to leave the meetups. And it's really great. You know, it's just a, a great feeling that everybody is so enthusiastic about meeting up in real life that they're all right. reluctant to go, you know? <laughs> that right. is so really, really cool. Now, question, would you say that's your most memorable meetup, or does any come to mind, or just... Oh, no, that is not nearly my most memorable. Now, now okay. everybody's gone over the first BlizzCon thing, like, mm-hmm. and and that that was highly yeah. memorable for me. I met Michaela, she had no voice, so... Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, don't listen and, to that other she, podcast. She so She's like, oh, hi, bye. And I'm like, okay, that's we didn't, Yes, didn't know did. no, no one knew any. I, did, I barely knew anybody. I was kind of shy. Maybe I was shocked for being called a man. I don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Toshi introduced us, so yeah. Uh, but uh, I remember my first nerdtacular, 
and the AIE segment in Intacular and running mm-hmm. around and being entirely disorganized because half my costume had gone away and I needed to find it and it was so oh the pony yeah. yes yes me in a big bright pink wig and, and dressing up Gomez in a not as bright pink wig and Poor um my, my and daughter loved that she she loved the fact that. Hey, look, all of Daddy's friends are dressing friends. up like ponies. <laughs> oh, that was oh, yeah, spectacular? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. It was. I said, <laughs> or Tuesday, you, one of the two. And my husband had a trivia contest through me during the trivia contest, um, seeing who could come up with the answers faster. And it was so hilarious to me. <laughs> and I was exhausted and handing out prizes. And anybody who looked like, you know, like slightly bored, like my. Ah, uh, I kind of don't know what to do, and I'm scared, but I don't want to sit here. I'd throw a T-shirt at him, and it was so oh, yeah. great. That's what, yeah, we were the swag girls. That was fun. Yeah, 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 and people bullying me this time into taking swag that I really wanted. <laughs> well, actually, you bring up a good point is that there are a lot of these, um, a lot of these events where it's like, you know, people see people from the guild like me or Ralph or Lang Ferris you know, or Scott or Randy um, and say, oh, you know, these people are celebrities. But, uh, no. But, yeah. But, I mean, the best part that I love, I, I especially love during Nerdtacular, you get to meet all these people that you normally wouldn't meet, right. you know, if you're just hanging out on Mumble. Um, we like that. We like the fact that we yeah. get to see everybody from the guild. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we like it. You know, I, you know, I'll wear an AIE shirt around town and stuff like that. I'm hoping somebody says, so "Oh, you're something. an AIE." And I did the actually, same thing. <laughs> I've had that at work. I, I've actually, I know a bunch of guys, and actually, there was one uh, example um, where a guy was talking in guild chat once. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, I just got laid off at work and, um, you know, I'm looking around now. And he was he was talking about that. And so I whispered him and I'm like, oh, what do you do? Where do you you know, where do you live? And Mm -hmm. he told me he was doing like server operations or something like that. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, out, you know, in this other area of the country where we're we're actually hiring some people, you may want to you may want to he actually works for the same company I do. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've got awesome. job interviews through my friends that I made through AIE. And I've right. had some really great experiences that I never would have had, ever, definitely. without you guys. And it's so crazy to think that all I did one day was, was listen to my friend Alakaz mm-hmm. go, hey, you ever listen to podcasts? And I went, no, what's a podcast? All I did was hop in a and Fert, and look what happened. Look what you happened. Guys, you guys want to do a fun experiment. Go look at LinkedIn sometime recently because mine is now about a third people, you know, contacts and links from just because it finds stuff in your email or somehow mm-hmm. finds people. Yeah. I have a bunch of people. I look at it and I go, okay, this is a real work thing. This is something that came from AIE. Yeah, right. yeah. Most of mine actually is that. So it's really great. Even like yeah, I actually, I've, I've got people at work who are like, you know, they're, they're like, oh yeah, you play, you play Warcraft, right? I saw you, you know, because <laughs> yeah. actually my name's out there, <laughs> but right, right. But actually, going back to Nerdtacular, the the you know the the thing is, what's most memorable? There are certain parts of Nerdtacular that were fantastic. They will in no way, shape, or form be the most ever memorable. Be given the light. Also, recover well, those memories. Ever be given the light of day? Like, and when you mentioned, 
you, you mentioned though, like the celebrity thing. I think anybody in our community that would be a quote unquote celebrity probably doesn't see themselves as that. So if you're at Nertacular, you're at BlizzCon, you're wandering around and you see a guy who has an AIE t-shirt on, just say hi. Do you know? Because I think anybody in our guild, we're all really open. Doesn't matter if you're the guild master or hey, I just joined last week. Yeah, it really is. Um, Nerdtacular is the first time somebody asked me for my autograph, and I was like, "Why?" <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like, like it's gonna be some sort of scam. There's like a they got a contract underneath there that you're actually signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. And then and after Nerdtacular, people were emailing me and like, "You were there. I wanted your autograph." And I'm sitting there going, "Why?" That's I, weird, I, yeah. Security yeah. deposit on the guild house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, I, yeah. I haven't had it in real life very much, uh, but I I remember like in way back when at one point uh, Scott mentioned the name Ralph on mm-hmm. the instance about just like hey we were doing whatever and I went and then Ralph whatever, and the next week in game somebody's like hey are you are you the Ralph? The Ralph, right? <laughs> Well, I'm a Ralph. I don't know. I still, even doing this podcast, I still get kind of giddy if I hear my name mentioned on like the instance or TMS. Like, hey, McCullough, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I know. I know. Me too. It's like, oh my God. I'm such a fangirl sometimes, I swear. So I know we've kind of, we've kind of gone over it, um, Baludra. Mm Mm-hmm. You want to go and tackle that next question? I know we've pretty much have talked about it on and off, but I have no idea where we are. That's okay. Um, just you know, favorite AI oh, memory. I think we kind of just combined yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we were kind of talking about them, but yeah, favorite AI memory. Not the biggest, not the boldest, the, not the one in, that pops out in game. Yeah, yeah. Like very favorite in game. Like what sticks out forever. You want me to start? Yeah, sure. Yeah. That sounds great. I think, um, again, it's like one of those things, like there's a bunch of cumulative. I think if I add them all together, cumulative, it's just the the times in raid with my over-the-hill uh, gang raiding right. team. Um, they're just so many times. Every time we get together, it's a lot of fun. We're all great friends. We've known each other now for um, six, seven years. Um, but if I think about like a singular memory – where it just kind of affected me right in the moment was it was during during Burning Crusade and it was um, do you remember you used to have killed those three sons of Grawlock or whatever or before you could yes. go off to the Ogrela area mm-hmm. and we were in a little group of five people and we were getting ready to pull one of them and uh, Winema was with me and she said are you ready? And I'm like, I'm pulling. I'm ready. Of course I'm ready. Why, why the hell are you asking me this? That's and then uh, then I went ahead and pulled. And right in the middle of that is when uh, she promoted me to officer, which I had had no <gasps> inkling she was going to do. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And so everybody in the guild is saying, congratulations, you know, yay, whatever. And I'm like, what? Uh, what's going on? Uh, what's happening? <laughs> I, figured out, I figured out what it was. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is great. And then, you know, we all, like, finished up, and we head off to the next guy because you got to kill multiple of them. Mm-hmm. And then we're, we're like, halfway to the next guy, and I'm like, uh, guys, we got to go back and kill him again because I forgot to loot him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is amazing. But that was one where I just, yeah, you just, 
actually like caught my breath because I wasn't ready for it. I had no idea it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Great. So, Stig, what about you? Anything that just sticks out there? One singular um, memory? Actually, my, my, my favorite my favorite memories, and I'll say because it's an entire class of memories, is any time I have been in a guild group um, and we're going out there and you think, you, know, you, get, you get into a guild or you get into a group and you always think, I, I got to do this right. I've got to, I've got to know what I'm doing. Every time we get in there and we're, we take down a boss or we try to take down a boss and we all wipe. And the first time it's like, everybody's like, okay, let's try it again. <laughs> you just exactly it's, no it's the right sort of attitude and it's not it's not one of those ones it's like oh we don't care if we make it through it's just like okay we'll try this we'll, we'll get it right we'll figure out what's even if you know if somebody's lagging behind in in gear or somebody doesn't know the fight you know people will sit, we'll take the time and we'll figure out what's wrong and, and and we'll do it but you know just a simple fact that we we have fun with it. You know, if, if we're going to wipe, we, we don't say, Oh, okay. Just everybody die. We say banana hammock. <laughs> everybody. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, we well, start doing that. In hurt. <laughs> so Ted, what about you? What's your favorite singular memory? That's tough. Um, I, I think to kind of piggyback on what Stig said, when I started in wrath, um, doing tanking and I was trying to get ready for raid and didn't have a raid team. Um, there was a call that went out in guild chat that said, Hey, we need an off tank for next Ramus. Um, and this was next Ramus in wrath, not vanilla next Ramus. And, um, they're like, is anyone, you know, is anyone available? I said, well, I'm, I, yeah, I'll, I'll tank it. I don't know the fight, but you know, yeah, I'll tank it. And I got invited and, they had basically had most of it on farm and they're like, okay, we just need you to stand here. And I think the first boss we had to fight was Gluth. And like, okay, well, what do you need? You know, what do we have to do? Okay. Just stand here, taunt the dog. When we say, I'll run around, grab the, the, um, you know, grab the zombies and then we'll go from there. And, and since they had a lot of loot, I ended up getting three or four pieces of loot, including some tier pieces out of there. But at the end of the raid, I remember Palatinius looked at my gear and he said, hang on a minute, you've got, you know, blue boots. Let me go make you a set. And he went off and crafted the um, raid level equivalent boots that you could make at that time and gave them to me. So that's that to me really cemented that we were in the right guild. And that was the, the attitude that really kind of encompasses AIE. Hey, we're going to bring you in, you know, you're going to help out. And, oh, by the way, here's something to, you know, you need a piece. You're great. We got it. No problem. I, I really, that was a, an amazing time. So, and Elidra, I know it's going to be hard for you to come up with just one because I see, according to the document, you have lots of them. But what would you, no problem. So what would you say your one favorite in-game memory is? Okay. No, this is going to sound... It, it's fairly recent, actually. Everybody's like, oh, back then, but it, it just it's something that it means so much to me that I'm hoping I can get through this without cheering up. Um, lately, as everybody knows, I've been battling this mystery illness like for the last year. Really hard to talk about. can barely walk right. some days. Very difficult. But when I go to AIE, doesn't matter. I can be having, like, the worst day. Like, 
so much pain. And my right team's like, hey, you're late. It's cool. We understand. Mm. Or, you know, God, see, I told you I could barely get through this. <laughs> oh, um, everybody is just so understanding and so great. You know, they understand when I'm in a bad mood. They understand when, you know, Aludra's pets can't make it out. Just mm-hmm. all the things. Everybody has just been so great. And it shows me that in AIE, I've really found friends and family who are helping me through this. And well, most definitely it's family. That's a huge part of AIE. Exactly. I mean, even random players who I haven't really gotten to know very well because I'm not circulating as much anymore. Mm-hmm. They still pop in and go, hey, I love your stuff. Can't wait till, you know, you, um, you're you able to make more. I hope you're having a better day than you were last week because I'll shoot off on Twitter. God, today sucks and everything sucks. You know, hope you're having a better day than last week and, and all that stuff. And it just, it all means so much to me mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, everybody's still there and still sees me as a player and stuff because sometimes walking around or hobbling around or at the very worst being carried around by my husband you know it's hard to feel like I'm just me and yeah yeah I can right right definitely so yeah that is my favorite thing is when I realized that nobody in AIE is going to treat me as differently as everybody else seems to be Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I think mine and I think Aludra and Tet were both here for this. Um, what have been, I think, around Kata? We decided to go um, do some old content. And because I've never been a raider, I never did like ICC. And it was one fun run with UDC on a Saturday night. And you know, Tet said, hey, you want to come and do ICC? I'm like, sure, why not? And it was my first time being in there. And we were going to kill the Lich King. So Alakaz is like, hey, you just stick with me. And at that point, I put him on follow. So when he went to go start oh, the fight. No. <laughs> no, no, he went to go start the fight. And, you know, little Macaulay just following right after him to start the fight. And it was, everyone got the biggest kick out of it. I got a laugh from the whole raid. I'm like, it was amazing. And I'm like, it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, again, that, you know, this was my first time ever seeing any kind of endgame content. Mm-hmm. And it was with, with people that I knew what I liked. And I did something amazingly stupid. And people thought it was on purpose. Yes, doing stuff amazingly stupid. It's an MO of mine, Ted. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and it was something that nobody laughed at me for doing it. But it was, it became, you know, very endearing. In fact, I think that was one of, you know, Alakaz and I are very good friends in real life now. It was kind of one of the beginning moments of our friendship. Mm-hmm. And I only hearted out of a dungeon twice. What, Ted asked me how many times I hearted <laughs> out of a dungeon twice. Once with you and Vikella, and the other with uh, Toshiko, Sky, and Toshi's ex, and I can't think of his in game name. Mm-hmm. It was with friends. It was a yeah. safe environment. <laughs> and she hearthed right out of that dungeon going, oh, that wasn't an activatable thing. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't mean to get a twofer. Hey, if it makes you feel at all better, sometimes people ask me for a port, and I will teleport <laughs> just myself and not make a portal. <gasps> yeah, you're like, I'm in Silver Moon. Oh. 
Wait a second, I can get back real quick. Luckily, even right. strangers, they're like, you are so adorable. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Stig, you said you had a question? Yeah, actually, this, and this is something. So, you know, we, we've been talking about AIE and, and looking at what we've done and how we do things. And, and we're, we're looking back right now. I want to shift the other way and look the other way. Where do we all see AIE going? Um, okay. Well, if you had asked us five years ago, what do you see AIE doing? Like, eh, maybe we hope we're still doing pretty much the same thing. Never would we have guessed. Actually, when we when we first started out the guild, never would we have guessed that we would be in all the games that we're in and have right. the presence that we have and really still have a large, vibrant guild, not just in WoW, but Swoter and, um, you know, uh, in Eve, and, yeah, I, I mean, we've got other games that are that are smaller, and we're trying to figure out what to do with them. But we wouldn't have pictured that. But where do we each see AIE going? That is a good question. I I, I think the transition from AIE as a WoW guild to AIE as a gaming community is is that transition piece that I don't I don't think we initially saw coming. Um but I, I think it's a good sign for the future that um you know we even have uh Beefmaster who helps in, with the Steam games. You know, it, they don't have a guild structure but hey I know these people from AIE, let's go play Team Fortress Two or or you know let's go hop in the newest Steam game out there and uh, mm-hmm. things like that. And I, that's to me where I really see AIE growing into is growing not necessarily just in a game, but as a gaming community, as a, as a place where, you know, somebody can join and say, oh, hey, I like playing these games. These are good people. I can play these games with the people. Yeah. Yeah, and there's always somebody, like, in the AIE chat rooms and stuff, even in Steam, and, you know... If you look in the Steam group for a certain game, you can find a match for what you're playing. It's so great. Yeah, and it's interesting because the entire reason that we're in the other games is at one point in time, we kind of thought that WoW itself was drawing to a close. And we Mm -hmm. didn't know how much staying power there would really be with that. And we said, you know, there are a lot of new games coming out they're they're really they seem like pretty cool games but there's a lot of them and everybody is not going to go from wow over to one game and we'll just pick up stakes and move to that one game so we're like mm-hmm. how do we do well that? at least not forever i mean there yeah. is that two week period or so oh, or yeah. two month period where it seems to be less busy and wow when something really big and shiny comes out but everybody always comes back i think the worst i ever saw was when skyrim released yeah, but but even oh, when yeah. even even if if say you know it did collapse and, and it bottomed out, everybody would go their own separate ways. So we're like, how do we maintain this? Because I don't care if I'm playing WoW, but I want to play with, with these my people. people. Yeah, right. and um, and that was the entire idea. Right now, I mean, we see there there's been a lot of discussion now with like Guild Wars two, with that there's the expansion coming out. We've got the guild in there, but it's really not been active. Proactive, right. When do we when do we shut it down? When do we say we really don't have an official presence there? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's that's up to the GM. Game. Yeah, that's oh, up to yeah. the guild master of that specific branch. Like um Elder Scrolls Online, 
um, when things got as um, pretty empty and slow and the bugs were just out there and nobody was logging anymore, Stu went, okay, you know what? We're done here. Time We've to go. accomplished what we wanted. And uh, I feel we need to pack up. Now, I believe Ralph is the head of, um, of uh, Guild Wars. And he doesn't feel that they're done. So he's not going to pack up. And that's how Chippy. As long and as have, he's willing to put in officers, work. And we have officers in there on a daily basis doing stuff. It's, uh, it's not me. But uh, it's a couple other guys, and actually, probably ought to make uh, one of them GM at this point. But um, <laughs> right, but yeah. The but the thing is, the game is still viable, and yeah, and stuff's yeah. coming. And I think the reason, actually, it's kind of funny. The reason the Guild Wars Two discussion has come up is because there's an expansion coming, and mm-hmm. because there probably will be a ramp up. Because this same discussion, we could have had it six months ago. Because the game has, you know, in terms of AIE presence in it, has gone down to about four or five guys that log in all the time, and that's about it. And mm-hmm. since they're not all in at the same time, you know, they don't even see each other very much. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. We're, yeah, it's still going. The game is still a great game, and if there's a new expansion, I fully expect it to ramp up to where, you know, you'll see 20 people on at night. Yeah. Obviously, nothing other... near WoW, but, yeah. Right. Yeah, the, the it's other not thing fair is that... to compare those two, though. No. Yeah, we're looking, we're looking, we expect to, to expand into many, many more games. And like the stuff that I'm doing with the rewrite of Umami and stuff like that, I'm trying to make it easier to expand into new games where we don't have to set up Google Docs, spreadsheets and stuff like that to right. keep track it during the first right. week because Umami's not caught up to right. where that is. So I, I, I want to do that. But at the same time, we've, we're looking back at these at these games and my personal um threshold for when we should shut down a game is do we have enough officers to give the guild members what they really need to do the mm-hmm. um like in guild wars 2 they've got the they've got the the buffs that you set up and 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 you can do right now they've got enough people to do that there are enough people that show interest to do that so we'll probably push that along but there are other right. games where yeah so we we really we the officers couldn't keep up couldn't offer the members what the members really needed. And officers were logging in to play the game because they felt an obligation as an officer and they actually didn't want to play the game anymore. Yeah, that's that's problematic right there. When you don't want to be in the game and you are... Right, we don't, and we don't want anybody to do what they don't want to do. If if an officer doesn't want to play the game, don't play the game. It, it's not, you know, don't feel you're you're obligated to do that. Um, you know, if if there's enough interest, we'll do it. We're not going to just start recruiting officers to get warm bodies in there because right. that's one of the things that we always, good. we think's good is that we've got a very particular way about how we choose officers and how we decide how to do that, and it's worked in all the games that we have. Mm-hmm. So. When we get to the point where we're like, yeah, we don't really have enough officers to give the members what they need, then that's when we're going to shut our game. But eh, something like Guild Wars 2, we've got enough to do that. So it's we'll probably push enough. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, see, we'll see what happens with the expansion. Yeah, uh, and there I hope are, it's great. I actually I like Guild Wars 2. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of AIE games that are on the smaller side, but their teams are just as passionate and committed as when they started. Like the Lotro guys oh and gosh, yeah. the... Um, Star Trek guys. Um, They're small and mighty. Yeah. I want to say Star Wars, but they seem to be picking up steam. They definitely are. 
you know, like Lotro, I went in there and I managed to catch like everybody on. So there's, there's certain hours you can go and there's a bunch of people on and they were like, oh my God, Alundra, you're in this game now. Yay. Let us give you things. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I'm too low level for all these things. Right. <laughs> That's why I love the nomad idea so much. Uh, I, I would like yeah. to set up to where I play a different game every night and that would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. The the nomads really have done a huge favor for the um for the for the community because it, it especially with the games that don't require subscriptions, you know, it's like, oh, we're gonna have activity in this game. Let's go in with a bunch of people, we're all gonna be on Mumble and we can hang out and play together and learn together. I know I have a, a friend of mine um I work with and started with TMS, um started poking her head around AIE but really didn't want to play WoW. So she started with the, with Nomad. She's like, yeah, I'm going to go play this game this week because that's where people are. And then, of course, fell in love with our community and our culture. And, you know, now you see her on. She raids two nights a week. and yeah, <laughs> That's how we get you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's I funny because if you... question about the future, though. World um, domination? That's what I'm going you know, for. Um, you know, our technology helps us do these things. We play games remotely and uh, we have you mommy, which helps us keep track of everybody. But I've heard people say in the past that like MMOs are like golf, like the modern version of golf where people get together and socialize. And so I think where AIE is headed in the next five years is that it will become a viable uh, independent political party with our own presidential <gasps> candidates. And Great. Um, are we going to file some 501c3 or are we going to file the um... – That's all in the works. Okay, yeah. good. Just making sure. Making yep. sure. So basically <laughs> so vote we're, AI. We're going on the Bloom County model. That's, That's what right. I told you. World domination. I approve. See, I think the future is less set in stone as world domination. I think it's more of a where the members take us sort of thing. Stop at the world. I, I exactly. Right. Exactly. Galactic domination. Beyond right. Beyond yeah. Galactic domination. We're going to get planet AIE going someday. Ooh. Yeah. Where everybody's happy with their neighbors and, you know, we all MMO on Thursdays and, you know. So this is. Yes. Unlike the way uh, Luna plays Civ. Anyways. I play Civ very nicely. Thank you. I only use giant bugs to crush people who attack me first. All right. I promise. I do that in game too. Mm-hmm. That's right. <sighs> all the games, all so, the time, all the game. So, Aludra, we didn't get to talk about this beforehand, but I think we snuck a new segment in. If you want to bring that in, awesome new segment time. It is called Question of the Week. Before Woo-hoo. we sign off, we would like to leave you guys with a question of the week. Please tweet your answer to at AIE Podcast or email us at podcast at AIE-Guild.org. And our question of the week, our first question of any week is, what brought you to the AIE community? I'm sure there's a story there. We'd love to hear it. So please let us know. And that is it for our show tonight. Uh, what the chat room starts beginning show titles, suggesting show titles even. Ralph, Stig, thank you so much for joining us for this anniversary show. We went way long, and I would not have it any other way. This has been a great show, just a great mm-hmm. recap where we've been, where we're going, world domination, Stig for a emperor. Sure, um, why not? Right. Is there anything that – so um, 
anything that you guys want to plug in, uh, in, in uh, Eve. All right. So where can people find you guys? I know you're all over the interwebs. Where are you guys at? Uh, well, I'm, my Twitter is uh, at R-A-L-F-F-I-E. I do a podcast with Kim and Johnny Feisty that you can find at catchingup.tv. And this week, for the first time ever, I started battling pets. Oh, <gasps> there's a podcast for that. Wow. I know. I know. I'm trying to get to my menagerie in my garrison. Oh, awesome. I really wish I could go to other people's garrisons and open up menageries for them. I really wish I could. So the robot, the man, the legend, Stig, where can we find you? Uh, <laughs> on Twitter as uh, Stig at S-T-I-G-G um, or on the forums. <laughs> as, Use the forums, people. Yeah. Yeah. Love the forums. And that's not to be confused with the Stig, which is from the UK show. Uh, oh, top. What is that? Top. Yeah, I don't. I don't drive like that anymore. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Well, that's what we need. We need Slow an AIE racing game. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. This won't help with world domination. No, no, but if we learn how to pilot the automacars correctly, we can pilot the spaceships. Oh, there we go. <laughs> right. See, I can, I can make anything aim toward world domination and uh, off-world exploring. Right. I scare my husband right. sometimes. There you go. All right. If you have a question or comment about our show, you can email us at podcast at AIE-guild.org. You can also follow us on Twitter. The show is at AIE Podcast. Aludra is at Aludra underscore AIE. Makala is at Cyberwave. And Tatsemi is at Ivory Tiger. We record live with video every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. You can join the chat room and play along with us on our website at theaiepodcast.com. Our theme was composed by the amazing Andrew Allen. Follow him at Keys with Soul or visit his website, keyswithsoul.com. And now it is time to play all of the great AIE member segments we have received this week, including Overly Dramatic News, Ask Miss Mulgra, Mega Minute, Ask a Magus, and This Week in AIEU. Ooh. <laughs> so next week, we're going to be talking to Hoots and the crew from Eve. So until then, yeah. AIE, this is Makala. This is Tetsemi. This, I swear, is Aludra. And this has been the AIE Podcast. Town crier turnover leads to succession scramble. It's the Overly Dramatic News. I'm Hunts the Wind. The town criers of Stormwind have a long history of being the primary source of news and gossip in the Alliance capital. Many criers have become celebrities in their own right, and none so much so as Jonas Stewart, whose witty repartee and insightful analysis have set him head and shoulders above the rest of the town criers' guild. So when Stewart suddenly announced earlier this week that he was stepping down from his soapbox, the guild scrambled to come up with a replacement. There had been two heir apparents, but the druid Stefan Colbert left the guild two months ago to become the main tank for a late-night raiding guild, and the worgen warrior Sir Oliver John met an unfortunate fate a fortnight ago in Frostfire Ridge's time-warped tower, becoming trapped in a time loop where it was perpetually last week. 
With these two heirs no longer so readily apparent, the Cryer Guild today announced a totally unexpected choice to take Stuart's soapbox, a horde warlock named Roe. The Guild's press release noted that the Blood Elf had extensive speaking experience, and the Criers were confident that Roe Gain would solve the problem of air loss. Broadcasting across all Azeroth, I'm Hunts the Wind. Check out the archives at OverlyDramaticNews.com or follow me on Twitter at Hunts the Wind. Welcome back to another Mega Minute with Megacurt, mini cast on all things Holy Paladin. This week I give a brief synopsis on the Gruul encounter from the Black Rock Foundry Raid. We use two tanks, five healers, and a mix of ranged and melee DPS. This is pretty much a two-faced fight where in phase one you split up into two groups, one on each side of him in melee range, while he's tanked in the center of the room. And in phase two, he remains stationary and untanked while we dodge certain raid-wide abilities. So in phase one, I position myself in whichever group I'm assigned to, right at the pole. I have beacons on both tanks, and when three holy powers up, keep eternal flames rolling on both of them. Since I'm assigned tank duty, I focus heal them using holy light and glyph flash of light, while spot healing the raid with holy shocks and holy prisms. Gruul has a few abilities worth mentioning. Inferno Slice is an attack he'll do to one of the tanks that initially does physical damage, applies a 20% debuff, followed by some fire damage that can be split amongst players, hence why we have two groups formed in melee range. There are different strats on how to manage this ability, but the key thing is to make sure the tank being affected is topped off and have a damage mitigation spell like Hand of Sacrifice handy for that tank if need be. Also, don't forget to top off those players affected by its fire damage. Red cooldowns like Diva Aura will be required to help mitigate some of its damage. His petrifying slam attack knocks players back, followed by his shatter attack, which does nature damage to those within 8 yards. Not a big deal as long as those affected remain spread out 8 yards for its shatter. And last, Overwhelming Blows. This simply is a nature damage attack he does in front of him, marked by a lion on the ground. Simply sidestep out of it and immediately group up to receive and soak an Inferno Slice, which he often does right after. Now after a minute, he'll transition into Phase 2, which lasts 30 seconds. Quite honestly, if handled correctly, is an easy phase to manage and the perfect time to use your mana-efficient heals to help regain some lost mana in preparation for another round of Phase 1. During this phase, he'll continue with his overwhelming blows, but more frequent, and he'll use his cave ability, which drops rocks from above down onto the raid, indicated by circles on the ground. This phase simply requires folks to move out of the bad, and raid-wide cooldowns like Aspect of the Fox are perfect to help heals while on the go. If in a pinch, spells like Hand of Protection and Divine Shield will help if you need to stop and heal during some of those abilities going out. For around 6 minutes, he'll rotate through both phases until he reaches his enrage timer. But with some practice and focus, you'll be sure to get your kill. So I hope this helps out and good luck. If you're on Twitter, come follow me at FFPMMark with a C. Or check out my blog page at HealingSpec.com. Thramka, and welcome to Ask Miss Melgra, your source on matters of etiquette in Azeroth. Today's question is, how would you celebrate a podcast milestone? Reaching a podcast milestone is a very important accomplishment. After all, a milestone is very far away, so you should start working early to keep from arriving late. What? Uh, what do you mean it's not a distance marker? Oh, 
Well, then you should make sure to find a nice, smooth, round, and flat stone that fits nicely in your palm, so you can throw it a mile and get it to skip on the water as many times as... That is not what you are talking about either? But then you should be clear about these achievements. Do I need to kill anything? No? Uh, what about collecting? Do I need to collect anything? No? Well, alright. Uh, then do I need to go anywhere? Must I discover something? Uh, do I get a new mount? Oh. Well, then you just want to know how to throw a party, is that it? Well, I would probably light some gnomes to celebrate, then put them all out with the garden hose to get my wish. Ha! The jock is on you. I would probably just make custard. I am Miss Mugger, and that is my advice. Akamagosh! Follow at Miss Mugger on Twitter, or listen to previous episodes at MissMugger.com. Welcome, this is Deadrun with another edition of Ask a Magus. This week's question is, why can't mages create fire animals like fire cats or fire bears? Well, unlike Shaman, we play with fire itself. Shaman actually play a lot with lava, and lava is a pretty dense material. Fire is not so dense. So we've tried actually creating animals based off of fire, and it has a minor problem of just flying upwards indefinitely. So, in effect, we actually create a kind of reverse meteor. Actually, come to think of it, reverse meteors are cool. So, you're going to have to excuse me. I'm going to go out and start testing that idea out. Send your questions to Ask Amagus on Twitter. Hey everyone, this is Turbo Addiction with This Week in AIEU. It's been a while since you've heard from us. But AIEU is recruiting. We guarantee max fun per hour. You can learn more about that on our wiki or on our forums. So much has happened since the last time I've done one of these. But let's hit the high points. The big items is CSM, CSM, CSM. Everyone over at Capstable have been doing a great job getting all the CSM 10 candidate interviews knocked out so everyone knows just who to vote for at the end of this month. So get out there and vote. Coming the week of February 16th is the Tiamat release, which will bring the Minmatar Tactical Destroyer, which is a fun ship if you've not seen it. It transforms into a Gundam, or at least that's what it looks like, along with projectile weapon rebalances, small graphical changes, and actually new sound changes. Eve has sound, regardless of what you've been told. That's it for this week. You can always find out more about us on our wiki or learn even more on the My Extra Life forum. You can follow me at Turbo Addiction. And remember, citizens of New Eden, stay classy, nerf diplomacy, buff war. <laughs>